Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, we're going to be seeing what you guys have been saying about Echo. The series is all out. We've done our individual reactions, but we had no time in between to get your reactions. So let's talk about what the feedback for Echo. All that right after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Ashley Coffin. Ash, how are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. I have a little bit of a head code, so I apologize for my uh, my my nasally sound is a little extra friend dressery today. Yeah, for sure, for <laughs> sure. I, I'm so sorry you're feeling bad, but the way you said head cold was the cutest thing. You're like, <laughs> I have a little bit of a head code. Like it was head like cold. very you like left the L out completely. Um, but it was just the cold <laughs> See, talking. I, sometimes I need to stop doing that. I know I say something wrong and then I'm just like, <laughs> just double down and keep going. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Like it's I think that's totally it's fine. Cute. And I think it's the it was the cold. It was the cold that it knocked it out. Philadelphia slash cold accent that you have right now. <laughs> it's true. I've been more sick this year than I have been. And I think the last five years. I don't know what's yeah, going on. I remember a bunch of episodes. Head colds. Head mm. colds. Mm. I don't know. No good. No Maybe good. it's all this fresh air. I'm not used to it. <laughs> you're out there in the woods. That's what, that honestly probably is it. Like you're breathing actual fresh air and it's got like nature particles. You got like too much, too much <laughs> nature near you. <laughs> it's true. It's just started snowing now. I'm like, well, we'll see if we can get out of work uh, or get to work tomorrow because our street is so bad mm-hmm. that two inches it snowed last week and everybody's car on our street was stuck. We didn't have oh, to go anywhere because it was a Sunday and I was like, uh-oh, well, we'll see what happens tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little nervous. We live on a crazy tall hill and like it, uh, the only ways up to our house are very steep hills. And so yeah. if we get to, you know, like... If we have bad storms, like we don't ice here much. It's like two to three okay. days a year at most. Like that's all in my entire life. Two or three days in a year is about it. So like, I'm not that nervous about it. We just like hunker down, but there's definitely been a few times where like I needed to get somewhere on one of those snow days and I figured out a way to get my car somewhere, but there's no getting in and out of this neighborhood. If it's snowy, just no way. Oh no. I'm like, oh no, I can't get to work. Darn. <laughs> See, that's, that's such a good, like. Having the day job or whatever, that's great. Like having like a nine to five where you're hourly or whatever, like that's an awesome thing to get a day off. For me, it's like weddings where like I do all oh, this no. work on the upfront where I, I've like done 
you know, tons of preparation, tons of whatever. And then I can't, if I can't get to the wedding, I don't get paid for all the work I've done to get the gig and to like keep the gig and to prepare for the gig. And then I just can't make it, you know? So I've, I've definitely, I know, and I've, I used to live on like downtown and it's pretty flat. And I have definitely, uh, been the recipient of other bands that couldn't make it to gigs and they like called me the day of and they're like our wedding band canceled can you make it i'm like yeah i'm like i got a flat ride there i'm i'm there man <laughs> and not here not here so i'm a little nervous about this 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 coming winters the winter is coming just snow <laughs> um so we, there's a couple funny things in the sort of news space that i really enjoyed one is completely completely unmarvel related uh, and that is the I'm just Ken song winning. Yes. It, did you see, uh, what do I call him? Baby Daddy Goose. That's, <laughs> that's what we call Ryan Gosling. And Baby Daddy Goose, uh, his face when, when it won yeah. was hysterical. It really was. <laughs> Basically, really good reactions at the at the award shows this weekend. It was an amazing face because it was completely shocked. Like, he did not think that I'm just Ken was going to win best song. And he just no. looked completely like, what? Huh? And like, there's just. Uh, it's a great song. It's so good. And like him and Simu Lu, <laughs> I guess there's our Marvel connection. We can like rope it in. Um, sure. Him and Simu Six Lu. Six degrees of Marvel. Uh, the three main dancers like throughout that song are him, Simu Lu, and uh, oh gosh, the guy who played Gravik. Garrick. Gravik. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you call him Eric? Garrick. Garrick. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's a Star Trek guy named Garrick. Great character. <laughs> Uh, that was amazing. But the other reaction was John Mulaney made a joke on uh, the Critics' Was that the Critics' Choice? No, I believe it was the, it's like the, it's not called the Governor's Dinner. Or governor's something. Ball or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the off-screen Oscars. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I watched I watched John Mulaney's bit on it. and But he makes a joke about uh, how Angela Bassett won an Oscar for a Marvel movie, and he's like, that's like winning a Pulitzer Prize for a Reddit thread. And it cuts <laughs> to the best reaction because it's Christopher Nolan sitting next to Robert Downey Jr. And like Christopher Nolan like is one of the people who has like a you know bit of a chip on his shoulder because he makes real serious movies, you know what I mean? And like yeah, the, yeah. Although he did make you know, Batman movies too, obviously. But um, yeah, like Robert Downey Jr. sitting next to him, just dying laughing and like hiding his Covering face. His yeah, face. <laughs> and that's I think it's really important to see stuff like that because I know as a community they say toxic fandom and blah 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 when people get so offended, like how dare he say that. Like, no, it's a joke. It's funny. If you can't laugh at it and have a good time, then you're not having a good time. You know, like, yeah. it's, I think it's so important to see someone like Robert Downey Jr. Jr. able to laugh at that joke. And we're able to laugh at it. Yeah. Laugh all the way to the bank with his all the way, oh millions and millions made from that franchise. <laughs> Did you see his acceptance speech when he won his first Golden Globe? No, I didn't. Uh, it was beautiful. It was great. And I really, I, I, I haven't seen all of the movies yet. I will say, if Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon is also up for Best Supporting Actor for the Oscars, he's going to have um, Stiff some serious competition. Yeah. But I am rooting for RDJ. I think it's been a really long time. He deserves an Oscar, and I really hope he gets it. Yeah. I, Robert Downey Jr. came hard in that movie, though. Woo! Yeah. I, I've heard that. It was that. good. I've heard that. I've heard that. Uh, so I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet, which is insane. I, I don't know what, what what I'm thinking. Th this year, 
with the all the family changes in my life and like just yeah. getting adapted to having a fam live in family that I'm just a lot busier. Um so it yeah, it's been it's been a wild year. Um but uh but yeah, I'm I'm really excited because me and you do our Bingers Assemble coverage of the Oscars every year, and we're about to get started on that. Like 10 days away, they're going to announce them, and we are going to try yeah. to get them in the feed as quick as we can, uh, like we always do. Um, it's going to be a really fun uh, couple weeks. It's my favorite favorite time of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you Yeah, for, for new people, uh, for new listeners to the cast, my husband and I, because I, I know there's a lot of stigma about the Oscars, and we don't, you know, we like to put that to the side and have a really nice competition of I'm better than you. <laughs> at picking the Oscars movies. So my husband and I, we watch every category except for animated and animated short. Um, and we compete that night. And it really makes it fun, not only to compete, but you get to see such beautiful films that you would never watch, like international uh, short film. Like you're not going to go watch those, but we do. We make it a point. We find them. It's really hard to find. A lot are on YouTube. But um, it really is such, and it's like the dark days of winter. There's nothing going on. So there's enough time to really like go into it. And we've already seen so many amazing films for this year that we're guessing are going to be up. So I'm really excited to see what like documentary is going to be, international films. Um, I'm just really excited for this year. Yeah, me too. I really, it always excites me and gets me like infused with a sense of creativity when I see these movies that are so different from the stuff we cover here on the MCU cast, yeah. especially, um, but also throughout, uh, throughout the like genre stuff we cover here and getting to cover like stuff that, you know, uh, like you said, the Oscars are, uh, they're a, they have a certain lens that you look at the world through. And so you're not going to catch everything that was amazing this year, but you catch a lot of things right. that are off the beaten path for us. So, um, I'm, I'm and watching it change has been really like I feel like when Parasite won Best Movie, mm -hmm. I finally started to see a change in the nominations. Yeah. You know, it's a lot more people, it's a lot more nationalities, and a lot more um, open. Like I am pulling for Lily Gladstone to win the Oscar because her performance was amazing, but I haven't seen Emma Stone yet in Poor Poor Things, which I'm sure is going to be up. Um, you know, it's 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 hard to already have front runners, but I'm like, mm -hmm. no, she, she she deserves it. But yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's, yeah, it's fun. Well, we won't go into it too much more here, but go subscribe to Binge Assemble because we're going to be doing that over the next starting starting in ten days. We should be having things yeah. drop. We're going to try to do some some early this year um, so that we are ready <laughs> because yeah. some years it's like a month and there's 10 movies or whatever in the, we'll see what they do this yeah. year. There was 10 last year. It was too many. Mm -hmm. It was a lot. It was a lot to cover last year. Um, okay. Well, let's dive into our, uh, Patreon, our, our feedback, start with our patrons. Uh, Katie Lisbeth, one of our patrons says, Ashley laughing at the gore and Dragula song drop in episode three was not surprising. And I am happy. Our queen <laughs> is, uh, in her happy place with this show. Yes, I was. I enjoyed it thoroughly. It's been a lot. I don't even think there's ever been a, a fight sequence. That's not in a video game or like, I know Dragula was in the matrix. I can't remember what scene, but like, yeah, it was good to see it put up to a fight scene because Dragula not only do I love the song and love Rob Zombie I also watched the drag competition by the Boulay brothers who are my favorite drag artists in the world and their show is called Dragula <laughs> oh, Dragula is yeah. a big part of my life <laughs> that's fun yeah I think that's in the uh, third matrix if I'm not mistaken I think so in, yeah in the third matrix when they go to see the Merovingian in the like uh more like gothy BDSM looking club yeah the club I'd like <laughs> um, to go to 
Yeah. I it's got rad. to see the real Dragula when I went to the uh, Monster Con not too long ago. Because hmm. uh, it's the monster's car is the drag is what where that comes from. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, like like it's supposed to be like a drag racer sort of like that's where the the term comes from. Their vintage car is the front thing is called drag. It says Dragula. That's cool. I did not know that uh, monsters connection. That's cool. Um, that's interesting. That that song has had so much different life. Like the uh, that that word, I guess that portmanteau or whatever. Yeah, has had so much like. Three different distinctive, like <laughs> lives with that. That's cool. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm I'm really happy, as KT said, that you got your happy place with this show because I feel like part of Phase Four and Five. Well, I say that I was going to say part of it is there's been a lot. There's been a lot more, um, like dividing the shows into like more kid friendly shows, more adult shows, uh, and movies, and like. So you having a certain like taste has mm-hmm. made some of the Marvel shows not be your thing where like, I think, I don't know, it feels like in previous uh, phases, it was a little more like everything was for everybody. I guess that's not really true because I think Runaways and Cloak and Dagger kind of filled that same sort of place that things like Miss Marvel and he, uh, I'm hesitant to say what if, but like the sort of stuff that's a little less, uh, little less adult, right? Um, right. So I guess it's, it's always existed in the MCU. Did you like this season of What If better than the first season? Yeah, yeah, I would say I did. Um, mm-hmm. I really liked the first season, but I felt like this one gave me. M- yeah, it's tough. I haven't seen the first season since we covered it, so it's been, you know, two It's funny, because I whatever. feel like that was more, I was like, I'm going to hate this, but then it was more for me with all the zombies and the this True. and the that and the evil Doctor Strange. And I thought, I was like, okay, watching, watching. I was very excited for the last Doctor Strange um, episode. And then when we got there, I was like, we're still harping on the Christine thing again? My goodness. <laughs> like, when are we going to move on? Like, now it's just getting pathetic. Well, I think um, we. I think the movie version of him has moved on. Right. Uh, no, never mind. That's not true at all. It, no. I th- I th- I He'll think never move on. <laughs> I think. That, I think he has. I think like he that the multiverse of madness gave him his last like goodbye to her. Yeah. Like when he when he said goodbye to her in the other universe, he's like, "I love you in every universe." Mm-hmm. But like then he goes off at the end with uh, Clea and like. I think there's just I think that was a good goodbye for him. First off, right. he said goodbye at the beginning because she was married. It's really right. interesting. I, I, through the through that lens, that movie is such a interesting story because it's kind of is about him letting her go mm-hmm. by getting one last like weird multiverse trip where he gets to spend time with her. You know, yeah. Although I, she could totally come back, and it could be like could be disruptive if a multiverse version of her shows up, and he's like trying to move on. But I, I kind of hope you're right. I, I kind of hope it's over, or like I, ho- I hope that it is not. I think you're right that it's a little played out, and I think it's probably time for him to move on, or just like be with her, kind of like Pepper. You know what I mean? Like yeah, just like yeah. Let him have let, the whole Gilligan's Island version of events where you're like hoping for something, but it never happens. Is interesting for TV, but like, I don't know. I don't know if it's interesting for TV. It's frustrating if you look back on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess I love the character so much. I want more from him than just 
Oh, his base of motivation is just pining constantly over Christine. Yeah, I I get that. And I think that's very true. And I think the movie version is is moving past that. Yeah. With the marriage and everything. But this version, that was his whole character. Like, Mm -hmm. he destroyed his universe for her. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Okay, up next, uh, now that we've answered that, that one about Dracula that turned into uh, talking about Doctor Strange's character. I uh, forgot that we didn't talk about what if at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. You were on this episode, so um, you you need an Ashley's corner. How do you no, feel? No, no, I don't. <laughs> and I love that everybody loved it. I'm yeah. so happy for you. <laughs> and I was just like, I, I got through it. I mean, I was like, okay, that's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. To answer your question about it, to instead of moving on, um, I I don't know. I think I feel like the two seasons are pretty equal because I really there are certain episodes I really love in each season yeah like the Marvel Zombies episode is so fun and weird and dark and cool that they actually did it but then like the Kohori episode of uh, What If is so good and just like right invents this character that is just so it's just willing to go to a completely different place that the MCU hasn't gone to and uh, I thought as I said, uh, when we re- when we recorded on it, and I, you probably haven't heard this, but like I was saying, like if this wasn't set in the MCU, and this was just a story that was like an alternate history kind of like you know how like uh, where like I would if this was the ending of a movie, I would be like dying for the sequel. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. what is mm-hmm. the alternate? Where does this alternate history go? And so yeah, I, I, yeah, I loved it. And we still haven't really found yeah. that. I would love to see Kahori come back in season three and they expand spend on that. And I really loved, just like off the top of my head, I loved the episode where uh, Tony goes to um, Sakar. Sakar. Do you remember? Do you remember that when we covered Avengers like four weeks ago, I said one of. I, that when he barely misses coming through the portal, you know, I was like, yeah. man, that makes me think, how cool would it be if they did a what if where he didn't make it and he's ended up on the other side and then you oh, have yeah. to make your way back. And it was like exactly what they did. I was like, <laughs> yes, they did the what if I recommended like a week ago. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I do. It's so fun. I do think it should have just been called what if Peggy, Peggy Carter. <laughs> oh, it was very Peggy Carter. It was very Peggy Carter heavy. So, but it just shows that they're listening to the fans. For sure. And I think that's good, but it also, Guardians of the Multiverse last season gave us this expansive cast of characters to care about. This one did like hone in and I feel like we don't, like, I don't necessarily need her to be the star of this show. I I feel like it's cool to have her the star of the show this season. I think she'll probably return next season, but like... Give me, give me more other characters. Give me more yes. Kahori. Give me more. Let let a different character be the star of next season, and still yes. have her in it. But like, I just, I just, I really liked the team aspect of the first season. Yeah, I agree. But when I think back, she is the standout character of the first season too. I can't deny that. <laughs> uh, okay, finally moving on up next. <laughs> yeah, I know I said it a minute ago. Oh wait, ago. one more thing. I'm really happy <laughs> that she got to experience bearded cat. I said it in the Facebook page somewhere. Oh. I was like, Peggy got to see the hot Steve. Yes. Not that he's not always hot, but there's just an elevated hotness to bearded cat. Oh, yeah. That is yeah, hard yeah. to explain. You know, <laughs> it is hard to explain how these beards make us men so attractive when we, when we present them. So manly over here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Up next, Billy, another one of our patrons, says, Hey, Jam. 
when I saw the contact translator thing, uh, speaking of Echo, getting back to Echo, the show oh, we're yeah, supposed to be talking sorry. about today. Uh, <laughs> when I saw the contact translator thing, I thought, oh, so Kingpin will do anything to communicate with an understand Maya except just effing learning ASL. And then she said, even these contacts, you got them because you didn't care enough to learn to sign. And I was like, yeah. And when Fisk was basically trying to gaslight her and uh, she called BS, I love Maya. She's smart and she doesn't take shit from anyone. In my opinion, uh, the Down in the River song in episode four was a weird choice for this story. Why insert a traditionally Christian song into it when it's about the Choctaw spiritual culture? I like the song. It just felt out of place here. Uh, the ending was beautiful, although it uh, wasn't what I expected. All of the ancestors powering them and being with them was so very Avatar The Last Airbender. LOL. The whole series was a beautiful representation for many groups, and I loved it. Very well done. I'm really excited to see more Maya in the future. Uh, where do you think she could pop up next? Love you 300. Billy. <laughs> um, <laughs> hmm. Well, we, you had called that earlier. We, we definitely discussed that about, uh, you know, I was like, look, he's trying. And you're like, no, that's not exactly what's happening. And I was like, oh, whoops. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely made me feel like his gaslighting worked on me a little bit, you know? Well, I'm I'm like putty in Fisk's hands. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So I, but I do love that she called him out on it. And I think it's awesome. Um, I, I really liked uh, Down in the River. I think there was a specific reason they were doing it. And I, I, I can't like, I don't know what it was, but like you're, you're in, I don't know, the, the Christians and coming in and trying to like take over and uh, not Christians, but like colonizers, you know? Right. It just, I don't know. There was something, I know they were trying to make a point by using that song and I don't hmm. feel like I'm qualified to explain it. <laughs> Interesting. I didn't take it that way. I took it as just a fitting the vibe of the moment like i mm-hmm. I, I understood and I, and I i saw the um tension there between that song being used but they did use a lot of um tradition i guess i guess traditional choctaw music throughout or or, or traditional oh, yeah. indigenous music throughout um but that song in, in particular it seemed like they were going for a certain vibe that they just wanted and down to the river to pray, I think represents something to people that are not Christians. Um, and it's just sort of this, like she was, I think going to like connect with her ancestors, you know what I mean? And I think that I I just took it on its face as like, it's time to connect with your spirituality. Um, I didn't take it as a a Christian, uh, Christian (laughs) meaning, but I understand that it's obviously a traditionally Christian song. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed it for the vibe that it put on that moment. It has a very like down home country. Like, I mean, it, it, I guess what it did for me is it connected me to my roots, which made me feel the connection that she was feeling. And maybe, right. maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's why that's how I experienced it. And so maybe it was trying to be like, draw the dis- connection between like how spirituality functions for a lot of people who are going to be watching the show are Christians or, or like grew up Christian. And even like, even if you 
aren't following that anymore. Sometimes those old songs make you feel that sense of like, oh yeah, back to religion, being called back, like feels, feels, feels homey. And I, I guess it did make me feel that way. I don't know if that was their goal, but that is the effect it had on me. Made me feel what, what the character was feeling from my perspective. Um, so maybe it was catering to people like me. I don't know. Well, it is funny on, on Legends and Libations uh, when we did our our Christmas episode. I was saying to Jeff how funny it is. Like, I don't have a religious bone in my body, but when say like Oh Holy Night comes on, I have my I'm like Christ is the Lord, you know, and I'm like you feel it. And you though you have a, a silent night, like they're all religious songs, but they all give you an emotional feeling whether you're religious or not. Yeah, for sure. You know, everybody has their own relationship with religion. Some people say, do you pray? And if I say yes, that doesn't mean I'm exactly praying to God because I have my own thing, you know, hail Satan. No, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> you know, you have your own person that or deity or way of being spiritual. So songs like that, um, you know, uh, what's the grace song that... that Amazing Grace. Yeah. You yeah. hear Amazing... If I hear Amazing Grace on the bagpipes, I'm frigging waterfalls, mm. you know? Not a religious bone in my body. So I get it. You know, everybody has att- attachments to different things. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and obviously, uh, Christmas is one of those things that causes our culture to be very uh, you know, dripping with Christianity. And like we, right. even if you don't, and, and yeah, you mentioned the colonizer part of it. Like, even if you don't like follow that faith, you have experiences with that music like you just can't avoid it um and you like it you know you sing it and to god (laughs) yeah 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 um and and i think that there's value to finding that like um just connecting with that like kind of a feeling because it just feels deep even if you don't know why and it can feel deep in your own like spiritual way or whatever um even if you're not connected yeah. to a certain, the religion and i i feel that way about some of the other music the like indigenous music that's in this the choctaw music that's in this like it made mm-hmm. me feel very like connected to that in the spiritual way even though i'm not i've never have never been or know anything about that culture really right and I've always felt like that in film. Like we were, ta- we talk about Last of the Mohicans a lot, but then there's also yeah. um, different movies from, uh, like uh, the Ghost in the Darkness in Africa. I really like and indig- like hearing people's music and their mm-hmm. rituals and seeing different things that people do. You know, from Africa to um, Australia to you know our Native Americans. Like it's very, it's just it makes the world such a more interesting place just yeah. seeing all that stuff and I, I you know i really personally i love it and i can't get enough of it well and there's just like an innately human desire to find that like connection to a feeling that comes from that sort of like communal um spirituality that comes from all singing together or whatever and and mm-hmm. like yeah i i find it really really powerful even though I am a person that is really no longer religious in any way, I find myself, uh, you know, still, still like, I, I know there's value in it because it's valuable to every culture in the world and has found value right. and community in it. So I try not to like shame myself for taking part in it when it comes about, you know, like I just, yeah. yeah. Just these days I have a little more like openness about connecting with whatever, whatever is meaningful to me. I just, can find connection and that sort of spirituality in anything. 
And I said to my husband, I was like, I would love to go see one of these powwows one day because they obviously have it very open and they want people to come see it and they want, you know, people to experience their their culture. And I, I would love to go see something like that to be a part of it. it it's just really cool. Yeah. I, this is going to sound really stupid, but I listened to I'm Just Ken earlier. And there's a version. I searched, I'm just... Did you hear his Christmas version? <laughs> no. Is there a Christmas version? Wait, I'll send you the video, yeah. Please. That sounds great. I, no, I, I, I searched for I'm Just Ken on uh, when I saw that he had won. I just hadn't seen it in a while. And uh, they have a version on YouTube that is him singing I'm Just Ken. And it's the production process of the song interspersed with the actual song from the movie. So you see him mm-hmm. like... Shots of him practicing the dance in sweatpants. You see shots of like Slash from Guns N' Roses, like playing guitar on it, which I didn't even know was the thing. I didn't know that. Either. Yeah, he's the like shredding guitar throughout it is Slash, um, and then they they're showing like the 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 people making the music. They show the director like kind of like giving them pointers on what they need to do to make the dance work. And there's something about watching that made me emotional. And this it sounds so stupid, Aww. but like. It may be emotional. Well, you're a musician. Well, that, but also like just that many people coming together to make a vision happen. And like, yeah. I love I'm Just Ken. I think it's beautiful. I think it rocks. I think it's funny. I think it like says something satirical about masculinity that is beautiful. But like, it's so much had to go into that to make it happen the way it did. And you see it on screen and it seems almost trivial because it's Barbie movie and it's just bright colors and we're kind of trained to think it's sort of childish but like so many people are working at such a high level and like being directed by a really good director who has this vision to make this thing that is so weird and can touch so many people and like that made me feel I would call it a sense of spirituality thinking about the 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 people coming together to make a thing beautiful like that that yeah. really made me feel and like I'm just watching the I'm just Ken doc background documentary and it's making me feel uh you know make me feel the feels and I think that's yeah I think it's great well you, you want to know something fun if that gets nominated for best song at the Oscars he's gonna have to perform it I really hope so yeah they they mentioned that on the uh-huh. I saw them talking about that on E they asked Mark Ronson. Uh, if if he's nominated on the Oscars, do you how how badly do you want Ryan Gosling to get up and sing it? And Mark Ronson was like, more than anything, I would love oh, if yeah. we could get Ryan Gosling to go up because I think Ryan Gosling, I don't think is a singer. Oh yeah, by trade. Yeah, he was Mickey Mouse Club. He did La La Land. Oh, yeah. He's always oh, kind of had. Right. He did do. La it's La always La kind of been in his background. Yeah. yeah. He's so, it's so great. He's too talented. God damn you, Ryan yeah. Gosling. You're not allowed to be. Everything. <laughs> Singer, dancer, gorgeous. Have you seen the trailer for that new movie with him in it? It's about the stuntman? Mm-hmm. That lo- movie looks amazing. What is it called? He's picking some good films. Isn't it just called Stuntman? <laughs> no, it's something like that. No. Hold on. The Fall Guy. That's oh, the yeah, there you go. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the trailer for that. We, we, we saw it and talked about it on Multiverse News a few months a month ago, maybe two. Um and it it's just a movie about him being a stuntman. But what they're doing is they're sort of, it looks like from the trailer, they're intercutting these amazing action sequences from movies that don't exist. Because, like, he's he's starring in the action sequence. So, in the action sequence, he's performing the stunts, which makes the movie have these big set pieces. But it's about 
him as a stuntman. And it seems like it's like this weird sort of like Barbie, this weird, like, I don't know, fake world, real world, all everything's sort of combining together to make a fun movie that also seems to have a heart. I don't know. It seems really great. Yeah. Whew, okay. I know we spent a lot of times on this first two. We do have a few more echo feedbacks to get to. Um, you know, and we'll, we, we will talk more echo related things. I promise. <laughs> I enjoy when this happens, oh, me too. to be honest. Me too. <laughs> and I feel like it always happens after a few weeks of like really intense, like we did what if then echo. And then it's like, we get out of it and we're like, all right, let's have a loose one. Let's do a loose episode. Yeah. Let's talk about whatever we feel like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to not go on another tangent. I'm going to say, we'll be right back after this. <laughs> And we're back. And we are back. What I was going to say before the break that I almost tangented it again and never get to the break we were trying to take uh, was I really don't, we don't know what's out next or when. And it's like disturbing. We don't have a drop date for anything else. Uh, Echo was the last thing we had a drop date for. I know there's a few things coming out this year, but they've not given us a drop date. So we are going to be doing a lot of commissioned episodes. We're going to do the Infinity Saga rewatch. Uh, we're going to be doing feedback episodes. We're going to do some cool stuff uh, in the feed. It's just a matter of getting the time uh, or, or like get, figuring out what all those things are. Yeah, but it'll be fun. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. For patrons, if you got any commissions, now's the time to send them in. Yeah. I know we've got a couple on deck and we'll uh, we'll get to as many as we can in this break. Because seeing as we don't know how long the break is, it could be three weeks. It could be 15 weeks. I don't know. <laughs> Did you also see the news? I don't. I know it's not uh, confirmed, but a lot of different pages are saying that Deborah Ann Wall and um, Foggy are coming back to Born Again. That'll be exciting for Daredevil. I wonder where that's. I coming think from. Echo did well, so that they're really pushing ahead with Daredevil. Yeah. I'm ready. I, I think if they invested heavily into the like Netflix verse again, bring those characters back, make it connected. Yeah, I think it could lead to a real like a just a lot of loyalty among the fans because they would bring back one of the things we all were sad that it ended and want more of and then lead us into bigger things like connect that into the bigger universe. I think it would really like it, it would give us the thing that combined with what they're doing with the X-Men and like Deadpool coming in like I feel like we could have an even bigger end game basically eventually. Yeah. If they do it right. They have to do it right. Mm-hmm. I know someone had asked in their last email when we thought we would see Maya again, and I would assume uh, Daredevil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yes, we didn't even finish answering uh, Billy's full email here. Um, but yes, I think, uh, I think where will we see her next? Definitely Daredevil. And I think that's the only announced show that's connected in that spotlight area. So I think... Right. That, unless they decide to do something else in the meantime, or I'm already working on something that we don't know about. Yeah. I'm trying to think, like, maybe a Spider-Man movie. That'd be fun. Oh, I would love it. Or Thunderbolts. Let her join up with the bad guys. <laughs> I'm really curious what relationship Maya will have with Fisk going forward. Like, I think any movie, anything that Fisk is in, she could show up in. Obviously, she could show up right. other places. But anything Fisk is in is a good, likely place for her. But... At the end, she's like, you're my uncle. 
So, like, if he's trying to turn over a new leaf, will she be brought back into the fold? You know, like, if he's, mm-hmm. like, really trying, will she be, like, at his side protecting him while he's trying to do may- be mayor? You know, will... Keep him straight. Yeah. Um, or keep him straight or just protect him and then Daredevil's going after him and, like, she's trying yeah. to be his protector because he, she thinks he, he's been in her life so long. She, she calls him, you are my uncle. Like, I don't know. The ending is makes it so interesting for where the relationship's going to be in the future. I did not see that ending coming. I know we talked about it, but I was like, I wasn't disappointed in it because I thought it was so far from what I thought was going to happen. Exactly. It like surprised me in a big way. Um, right. Which, if you can surprise me in a big way, and it and I and I really like it, it's a good surprise. Like I'm always really happy. All right, up next, we have Spencer Whaley uh, says, Hey, guys, I am loving Echo so far. It reminds me so much of Daredevil, and I love her unique story. She feels very complex, and I think that will bring some really interesting character development. Also, the fight sequences are awesome. I wanted to comment on the Marvel spotlight of it all. Similar to you guys, I feel a little bummed that not everything will be as connected. But I agree that like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Daredevil were amazing, but I don't necessarily think that Marvel Spotlight means that they're saying the characters in show isn't as important. Okay, I think the Spotlight idea allows the creators of the show to really focus on the character and their story without being worried about connecting it to a bigger conflict going on. As a fan of it all... That can feel like a bummer, but at the same time, I think it's refreshing to be able to really just enjoy this character without worrying about how does this connect. I think uh, this could potentially give us some better character development and storytelling. Keep being fans of what you love. Until next time. I agree with that. I don't have a problem with the spotlight stuff. I think that we should take more time. Imagine if they had done a spotlight on all of the Eternals. Mm. Maybe we would all feel a little bit more connected to that. For sure. And I, and I think what he says is absolutely true. Spencer's right. That, like, we are going to get better character development when you're not waiting on a specific thing to happen in the MCU. Like, you're just going to get better character development. Like, I think that... Every show that has been heavily connected to everything else has had a harder time because they don't want to make big swings. And like, then they, the, some of them have made big swings and then they ignore them. Secret Invasion uh, and the Marvels. Uh, the Marvels I like, but Secret <laughs> Invasion's connection to the Marvels is annoying as hell. I really yes. find it so annoying. It feels offensive to me that they did that and didn't try to connect them at all because they clear clearly meant to be like we've got some negative feedback later about us talking about the kahori connection and how it was over we we talked about it too much i feel like that's so different with the secret invasion thing because it's like she gets on the freaking ship and says she's going to the to the meeting and then you get a shot of the meeting and she's not there and they never mention her and she's supposedly his wife like it does, i'm just mad about it still mad still Very mad, mad. Uh, up next uh <laughs> jacob waters says hi all echo is a solid eight out of ten for me i really enjoyed the street level aspect of the show the groundedness of the choctaw culture representation and imagery was wonderful i do have two gripes however the first is minor and more of a personal issue. 
I wasn't a fan of the powers Maya was getting in the show. Now, I'm unfamiliar with the character, and so I am not sure if that is comics accurate, but it just didn't feel necessary to give her powers, but you could still have the visions and the sense of, is that real or is just uh, her experience because of her relationship with her heritage? Anyways, just a small gripe. I see you shaking your head, Ash. That, that is not comics accurate, correct? No, remember we mm-hmm. went over it a little bit before. She actually gets the Phoenix Force yes. in the comics, so she is OP beyond. Like, she's Phoenix. Yeah. So, to give her uh, powers like this, I thought was better than having her be Phoenix. I like <laughs> yeah, how they that's did probably it. probably true. You know? Probably true. I, uh, I didn't mind them. I do think I need a little bit more context on the rules, because it feels like they're saying they... She doesn't really have powers. It's just that her ancestors can come to her in times of need. Right. But that, right. depending on how that's used, I think it reminded me a lot of the Force. Yeah. In, uh, in the prequels, they talk about the Force a lot and like what it is. Obviously, the whole Metachlorians debacle. But they also talk about how the Force <laughs> is like uh, is something that guides you and helps you do the thing you're supposed to do. It's not really, it's, it's sort of displayed as like the way I always took it when I watched the prequels was like the force is there to give you options of what you can do. It's not like a thing. It's not like telekinesis. Exactly. It's like the force has to want something to happen or like the force has to be some, I don't know. It it always felt like a thing that like the force was somehow part of the decision or like it had to be part of it somehow. And then like, Later stuff, it's just telekinesis. I don't know. Um, and yeah, I, I, I always didn't like that they sort of went off the rails with that. And I'm wondering how that'll go in the right. future for her. I'm, I'm hoping, I said this on the cast, but I hope that she stays pretty ground level. Right. And because they did show that it looked like her mom could control it whenever she wanted to. So it is a very interesting, like what they're going to do with that. Um, And like we also said, she also didn't have a prosthetic leg in the comics. She was just deaf. So they did change things Mm -hmm. for the for the actress playing it um, for the better, I think. And we we talked about on the show, but like the idea that like her mom could control it. Yes. But that also it means her mom was a healer unrelated to the idea of her like ancestors coming to her. So I wonder what that was. Yeah. Cause they were both doing the finger thing, but was her mom being a healer part of the ancestors or was her mom being a healer, something she was using through Maya in the end. And that makes me wonder like, was her mom a mutant? Was her mom something right. completely unconnected to the Choctaw heritage? Uh, it, yeah. It's, it's, it, it isn't clear. And that would be cool. Yeah, I, I agree. If Maya like ends up having the ex, Gene. Chromosome? <laughs> yeah, Gene, that's the word. <laughs> Gene. Okay, uh, my uh, continuing Jacob's feedback. My bigger issue uh, with the show was the representation of how a prosthesis operates. I work in the field of prosthetics and orthotics, and I will tell you right now, the scene where Maya's grandfather jerry-rigged a prosthetic leg had me upset. I was able to look past the hodgepodge of parts he used to make the temporary device, but he took no measurements or casting or scans of her socket. And uh, when she put it on, it was miraculously in perfect alignment despite not having worked with her in 20 plus years. 
Uh, that's just not how that works. Then, when she got captured and she kicked off her foot to escape and then had an entire fight scene without any issues with her foot or leg during the actual fight, again, it doesn't make sense. She never screwed the foot back on and locked locked the set screws. Ugh. <laughs> the curse of working in a field that is misrepresented in media. Ha ha ha. Anyways, love the show overall. Hope you guys did too. And as always, keep up the good work. Big Red Panda, Jake Waters. I mean, we only had five episodes here. And maybe they didn't show us the part, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he did that. Like, they're not going to spend the time being like, okay, well, let's sit down and have a 10-minute measuring he scene. could have done some measuring You know, I know scene. some people might be important, yeah. but... I mean, we just didn't have the time. Yeah. And it's also, I don't know, it's a Marvel. Like, it's its an action show. Mm -hmm. So, I guess I'm not looking for it to be completely accurate to how something like that would work. Right. You know, I don't know. I, I actually, it's funny, uh, Jacob brings all that up, because I actually did an episode of Superhero Ethics with Matthew Fox, and uh, I felt the same way Jacob felt about the the issue because it just seemed like the pawn shop uh, scully was like a pawn shop repair guy who didn't seem to be an expert in this at all um fox pointed out that like the way they displayed the broken uh like prosthesis in the show the part that was broken was not as technologically advanced as the as the other parts of the foot so like the foot is apparently more technologically advanced and harder to repair i don't know though obviously mm. jacob has his own uh expertise here so like i don't know it's just funny because i was having the same conversation with fox about it and they were saying that like it's uh it's it's you know it, it was better than i thought but jacob thinks it was uh it, jacob seems to feel the same way i did so i don't know Interesting. I don't. I don't know. Like they, they both have their own versions of expertise. Uh, Jacob obviously working in the field, and uh, Fox having his own prosthetic leg. Um, but if you if you're yeah. interested, please go check out that episode on Superior Ethics. Uh, our buddy Fox uh, work does does that show every week, and uh, had a lot of fun with them um, casting about the show. I, I always really like uh, casting with Fox. It's a lot of fun. Up next. Uh, Daniel Beals uh, says, Pandas, I have been listening to you guys for a long time, and I generally enjoy your enthusiasm. Oh, <laughs> I should give a... Gi yeah, let's have an opener, let's have an opener to, this to this one. This is the one. Uh, we mentioned earlier, there's some negative feedback. Uh, there's a few few things he points out that he feels uh, were not good about our coverage of Echo. Um, and so... Specifically, like, episode one, which yeah. I'd be interested to see what they thought about the rest of our coverage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, and some of, the, some of this... Yeah, I can get behind. I think we went a little hard with the Kahori stuff. Um, but, uh, like, uh, yeah. So here's, here's, here's the feedback. Uh, thanks for writing in, Daniel. Uh, Daniel Beal says, Pandas, I have been listening to you guys for a long time, and I generally enjoy your enthusiasm and good humor reviewing movies and shows. But uh, there were a couple of things in the recap podcast on Echo Episode 1 that just frustrated the hell out of me. So I have to get it off my chest. Uh, number one. Kohori and the connections. Uh, you have to stop reaching for this connection. Just because you want something to be there, Kohori is a Mohawk, traditionally in Upper New York State and Ontario, and Echo is Choctaw, 
uh, Oklahoma and Midwest. Other than being uh, indigen- an indigenous character, you may as well have been trying to connect a Spanish character and a Russian character because indigenous peoples are far more uh, diverse and widespread than you clearly realize. You must think all Canadians are related to each other. <laughs> well, aren't they? What's that a boot? Um, <sighs> beyond that, it's literally uh, from a different timeline and Kohori was based in the 1500s. Um, let's take these yeah, one. Yeah, let's take them one at a time. Kohori connection. I do think we went a little hard in the first episode uh, because it was so distracting to me. And like, I don't think, I, I said this on that episode, I'm pretty certain. I didn't think the connection was going to happen, but it's, I'm sorry. How many things in my life have I seen with a swirling pool of blue water underground? Exactly. Exactly. They very ma- they made the imagery very yeah. similar. And I, if that is completely a coincidence, it feels far-fetched that it's a coincidence. Like, it feels crazy to me. Uh, now, it's possible... Okay, here, here. It's possible that this, like this part of the Choctaw myth is part of the Choctaw myth and they were representing it in a way. And then the other was supposed to be a representation of the Tesseract energy and it just happens to fall. And I guess that's what happened, but like it to my eyes, completely unrelated to the fact that they're both indigenous stories. If I had seen this and they were completely different groups of people, if we were watching like whatever, any other story and like they had been underground with pools of blue swirling waters that came out this close together it felt connected now that all being said obviously the the facts they were both indigenous made it even more connected in my mind and then using the same actress like there's just a lot of like things there i did not say i right. thought or even wanted them to connect this story to kohori it just felt weird um, so I was very mm-hmm. distracted during that first episode. And also to his point, I forgot there were different timelines when I was thinking about it. I was thinking like, cause a lot of what if is like that fuzzy middle where it's a different timeline, but a lot of the story is still part of the timeline. You know what I mean? Right. And when you're in whatever crazy place that they were, you know, in the beginning, like whatever mystical, magical place is time even relevant there? Sure. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, so w- w- it seems that Kohori is still existing when they go pick her up when they travel the multiverse. So she, I think her powers is very possibly left her alive. So, like, there's all of that being said. There are ways they could have connected it. And the fact that they're different peoples, I even brought up on the cast. I was like, they're, they say in the Kohori episode that multiple tribes were warring over this land. And I was like, it's possible that something about the mystical connection with the Tesseract like drew people in from all over. Like, we just don't know. So like, I, I I hear, but I totally hear what Daniel's saying that we went too hard at Kohori. I just thought it was just distracting to me. Like I, I'm just talking about what I talk about, you know? Yeah. Also pointing out that Choctaw is from Oklahoma in the Midwest and, um, Mohawks are from upstate in Ontario, where we also had that whole scene from Lower Alabama, right? Where the Choctaw were obviously down there as well. So, right. yeah, I didn't know if that was the same tribe or if that was like, yeah, I don't know. Well, clearly, and it's like, then what ancestors. was the point of them all being right. connected in ancestors? Right. Her ancestors were also in Alabama, which is you know much further east coast. So, like, yeah, they. The fact that the, these stories could be connected was not far-fetched. Well, no, it was. And I said so on the cast. It was far-fetched, but it's like, 
it's so many little connections that I was like, and mostly just the imagery, mostly imagery just being similar. Like, I don't know, just it like, it got me really distracted. (laughs) And I think it's probably a case of them not communicating because I doubt that the showrunners from Echo were talking to the showrunners of what if about some small, well, I don't know. But then again, I'm like, they're both the first two major Marvel indigenous stories, you'd think they would have that conversation of like, oh, maybe we should change right? our imagery just a little bit. Maybe this one shouldn't be underground yeah. or maybe, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, if anything, you should be asking Marvel if they think all Canadians are related. <laughs> rude. That was rude. But I, it, me and Daniel had to yeah, talk about I, it. Ashley, <laughs> Ashley feels a little more hot under the collar about this email than I do. I, I, I totally hear where Daniel's coming from. I mean, like I'll say and talk about it. Like, it doesn't bother me. Um, But, yeah. It's just how I felt when we were watching the episode. Um, It's Mm -hmm. also we're doing an immediate reaction, too. I hadn't only watched the episode once. Like, I'm just trying to get through it. And I hadn't even, like, paid enough attention to know they were in Oklahoma yet. So, like, I don't even know where they are. or where, And I definitely don't know where different tribes are. So, yeah. that's It's a fair hit that I don't know the difference between all the tribes and where they live and everything. I don't. So... (laughs) Exactly. But yeah. I don't say that I do, you know, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. Number two, his second problem, uh, Marvel Spotlight. The argument that Jeff was, uh, the argument by Jeff was ridiculous to me. He basically said that if Echo isn't connected to something huge, it is not a worthwhile story. I spent my whole childhood and teen years buying comics, and very few stories are massively important. They are to be enjoyed as part of the medium and part of the greater universe, not because it connects to a multiversal crossover saga. And yes, there is a big difference between Echo or Moon Knight and something that obviously connects to a bigger picture and touches a lot of properties. Less people will watch it, and that's okay. Just like it is okay that not as many people buy a Moon Knight comic as would buy an Avengers or X-Men crossover comic. Yeah, I did. He real did he say it's not a worthwhile story? I can't. Imagine um, I Jeff think the main that. thing that Jeff was pointing out that bothered him, <laughs> and I, I think I pointed this out because he was talking about how this feels like he doesn't like the idea of spotlight because it feels like Marvel saying these stories aren't important. And my point, so this is all reiteration for your sake, Ash. I, I. Yeah, he said that, and I was saying like, well, I kind of am excited because I think when Marvel was at its height was with the little bit of disconnection they had with Dare- the, the Daredevil Netflix stuff living on its own, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff living on its own. Um, I think they need a little more coordination because I do not want a Daredevil season six that is going to end in a way that it can't be a part of the MCU. That would piss me off. Um, you know, like they did with uh, yeah. the, uh, season seven of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Don't do that. Don't do what they did with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But like, Make it ambiguous. Make them part having their own smaller stories in a world that could be a part of the bigger MCU. And like draw connections like you did before. Keep those connections alive, but don't make them a, you know, don't, yeah, don't disconnect them, but like tell their own story. I'm excited about it. And, but then, then I made the point when we were talking, and I think this made Jeff kind of double down on it. And I was like, he was saying that it's like kind of sucks that it's like, the, a deaf character, an indigenous people's character, uh, a character with a prosthetic leg, and then they're also uh, saying, like, by the way, 
this one's not as important. <laughs> like, like yeah. and I was like, that's fair. Like it is, it does kind of suck that like they're like the first one they're like, hey, this isn't required watching. Like it's okay if you skip this one is also the one with so much new representation in it. So like I get it from that perspective that what Jeff was saying. Um and mm-hmm. I but I completely agree with Daniel here that I am excited about it. Like I and I said so on the cast. So sometimes when you're listening to the cast, if you're frustrated, note that like I was I said exactly what you said, Daniel. Like I said it on the cast. I don't know. I like I did my best to represent that point of view. And I think it's okay for me and Jeff to have very different points of view. And, and me and mm-hmm. you and, and any any of us. It's the point of the podcast. Yeah, of. it's it's why one of us isn't just talking into a mic for the hour or whatever. Like me and Ash disagree all the time. Me and Jeff disagree all the time. Like it's totally fine and it's good. Like it's a good thing. It's like representing everybody's point yeah. of view. Trying our best anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, episode number three, my in the car accident. Uh, I don't know if you have ever been in a car accident. Uh, I have been in a single car accident. Thankfully, no severe injuries, but after the accident, I left the crash. I left the crashed vehicle and found my way to a nearby house to use their phone and call for help. It wasn't until an hour later that I realized I wasn't wearing my glasses, which I need for everything, and my shoulder was dislocated. It was very reasonable. The trauma and shock of the accident uh, could mean that you don't realize you were injured. In the case, it was about only 15 seconds for Maya. Uh, for Maya? as a question kind of uh it's a very silly criticism this was my criticism and it wasn't like Mm. actually it's the thing i'm pretty sure i said like i understand that it's feasible because it's shock like she's in shock and maybe she hasn't realized her wound yet like i'm pretty sure that was in the in the podcast but what i was saying from a storytelling perspective and from an audience viewer perspective when they showed her leg and then they show her reacting later. They show her and she's reacting to her mom and wakes up and reacts to her mom and never notices the leg. It felt like I know with why they did it. They wanted her to have the mom reaction and show her in the car experiencing that. But they like, I don't know. I was the entire time waiting on the little girl to look down at her own leg and see how, see it like in, you know, cut through and like how, traumatizing that would be for her like the whole time my mind was on her leg and i like it just it was scary like i was scared that they were gonna show her what seeing her leg cut off and i was just like it was scary to me so like i I spent the whole scene like tense waiting on them her to look down and and like see a child have that realization and like that pain and like i didn't want to see it honestly i was really nervous that they were going to be gory with it like because they've already been a little gory i was yeah. like i was really nervous that's what i was talking about i wasn't talking about like they needed to do it or that it wasn't feasible for her to be in shock i just like it made me nervous the whole time so it made it hard for me to focus on the emotional part of it i guess i guess like a few right. of these uh just things daniel I wasn't even necessarily criticizing the show. I was talking about my experience. Like I really like my experience of that moment was like, when is she going to look at her leg? I'm scared. Like, I kind of wish they didn't even, that, that scene bothered me. It like, it like gave me a bunch of, um, like stress <laughs> reaction that it that, that, yeah. that didn't, that was unnecessary, I guess in a way, or like 
didn't, nothing ever happened to it. I didn't, the tension never went away. It like never released and it made me feel gross and like kind of tense for the little girl. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's funny. I mean, I would keep going. Yeah. yeah. Um, finishing up Daniel's feedback, all three of those things spurred me to finally email you guys. Uh, thankfully, you have good karma with me for the last five to six years of listening, but I have to urge you to let the stories breathe a bit and give some credit to the creatives involved. You just have to show a bit more prudence with your criticism and suspend your disbelief. Uh, give over controls to the writers and let them take you on a ride. If you don't like the ride, that's cool. Love you 1,000. <laughs> we will try to work it back up to 3,000. <laughs> My least favorite thing about podcasting is that you can't win. Oh, yeah. You can't win. We just got an, a, a one-star iTunes review about how we're not critical enough. Right. So the, the first time you guys are just a little bit more critical than usual, you know, we get a four-paragraph email being like, don't be so critical. On about the first episode that, we watched, that you guys watched, the second you finished it. So it was what? Eight o'clock at night for you? Nine o'clock? We're all excited, trying to break things down. And it kind of just takes the wind out of your sails a little bit. And that's, you know, we all signed up for this. And we know that that's part of doing the job. People aren't going to like what you have to say. And then people are going to like. But the, the stark contrast of how, you know, one day they're like, you guys aren't, are nowhere near critical enough. You guys, uh, I don't like it. You have nothing bad to say. You're just like Disney shills or whatever. <laughs> and then like yeah. when we're critical. And then when you hardly say anything too critical that other people are, you know, I know a lot of people were complaining about the spotlight thing as well. Um, you know, we get something like this, which was a little, it was just a little um, aggressive, I guess. It was, a, a, it had a, what I felt was just like, the tone was off. And I, it, me reading it, um, having not been on the episode, and of course I'm going to be very defensive about my family, mm. you know, my boys. And I was just like, listen, this I don't even want to finish reading this because it's so negative. And there's a certain way, if you want people to listen to what you have to say, don't throw in the snide comments. Don't throw in the things that are going dis to detract from what you're actually trying to say. And we will read it and we will listen and we will engage with you. Um, I, I did talk back with Daniel and then he, he responded back to me and we had a good conversation about it and he saw what I was saying and I appreciated and thanked him for understanding where I was coming from. So we're cool, but you know, um, it's just, it's part of the job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I, I did not have the same reaction you do. Jeff kind of did. He had messaged me a while oh, yeah, ago that's about funny. it. Um, no doubt yeah. it, it happens. Um, but like, yeah, this, this one didn't really bother me. I think that Daniel's, uh, Daniel's um, points are valid in every in every paragraph in some ways. So yeah, I, I guess that, that, and that doesn't really bother me. Yeah, and some of the things you said that I think you took as uh, whatever I took I took them as like loving ribbing, uh, and so like I didn't take it as very harsh, but like you did. And he said he wrote us and said like he he felt like he was a little too harsh in his tone uh, in the email, um, but. Either way, like, thank you, Daniel, for writing in. Write in, write in again. You've been listening for five or six years. Write in when you got things you uh, you want to say. Like, <laughs> like, you don't have to wait till they're super negative. <laughs> that's that's what yeah. I, said. I was just like, I was really sad that that was the first thing that you felt like you you wanted to write in on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I I do I like, and honestly, it makes it makes for interesting conversation because like I know there's other people that probably felt the same way about one or all three of those things. They probably, people feel that way. I, I've said this before on the cast, but I, I'm a big podcast listener 
Um, and I, I used to be even more so. And sometimes I've been, I've been a listener of a podcast and he said something here that like made me very feel connected with what he's saying. Cause I've been a fan of a podcast before where like they lost all of their suspension of disbelief and they started being overly critical about every moment of a, of a thing. Mm -hmm. And like, they were, they were critical in ways that I was just like, you guys are bullshit. Like, and I was like, yeah, I've been on cast. <laughs> yes. Yeah, me too. Me too. If I'm being real. But as a listener, like <laughs> I felt sort of betrayed and I just stopped listening to them because I'm like, you guys are just like not uh not engaged like to the point where they weren't engaging with the material. And like I think that might be sort of what Daniel's feeling. And I I just want to ensure him that that's not how I feel about Echo. Like, I think Echo was great. Yeah. Well, that's why I'd be interested to see what the rest, what he thought about the rest of the season. Yeah, 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 I would be too. Um, because I did, like, I loved the show. And even those criticisms, they were like slight distractions is all. Like, I, oh, this little thing, like, kind of got to irk to me, but like, whatever. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I think uh, I, I appreciate, I appreciate the write-in. And I even, even, even when things are just purely critical, like, sometimes I appreciate it because it, like, makes me at least think about my interactions with this media and like, am I being fair to it? And I think, I think we were, but like, um, you know, it's okay if somebody feels differently, hopefully, uh, hopefully our love for this stuff comes through. Cause I don't want to podcast about a show. I don't like, um, I really right. don't. Right. And that's why I'm really hopeful that the MCU stays really solid. Like we got a lot of negative feedback when we were doing secret invasion from people that like really liked secret invasion. Um, Yes, and we like, did. <laughs> we also got a lot of feedback from people that didn't like Secret Invasion, but like, we got, we got, we got, we get it both ways. And so we can't, we, like you said, we can't win. We can't, like, we can't, we can't please everyone. I think winning is just doing your thing and finding your audience. And like, mm -hmm. people that like what we do, hope you stick around and listen. Hope you tell your friends. Um, it's yeah. very, uh, it, lo I love the community and I love, all you guys who listen, and it does make me sad when someone who's been listening for a long time feels like we're drifting because I've been there, and it does like feel like betrayal. Like you're you mm -hmm. you're you're not liking things that that are fine. <laughs> like like there's just there's nothing wrong there. Like I've yeah. been there. I've 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 felt that feeling. And I do wish people would do what Daniel would do more instead of just going to iTunes and being like one star. <laughs> you know, you guys did this or that because we can't interact with you or talk. Oh talk yeah, that it does out, suck. You know, that's a, that's one real big thing. People send those one star reviews and they'll be like, "I've been listening for years," and this one got too whatever they think. Like this one was too good, too nice to the content. This one was too critical of the content. This one was too woke. Ugh. This one was too whatever. I'd much rather them write to us because we can actually like have that discussion. I don't even like unless I've had some really like terrible experience i don't ever go give like a one star and i don't know if it's more because i've been doing this for so long but i don't think i've done it before then because it's like it, it almost feels like you're actually trying to hurt the podcast yeah. because you want that one star you want the negative reviews and you want people to know that we suck or this or that like honestly if you go read some of the reviews people just fly that's it and it's like the energy it's taking mm. to go do that instead of you want the whole world to know you're not listening anymore cool yeah all you're doing even if you give us a one star i just want you to know it helps us. So keep going. <laughs> because it, it, the more, if it's reviewed at all on iTunes, it, it makes does, your it does podcast more uh, available. Make it more available. So thanks for the make help. It, I mean, it doesn't help my mental health. Yeah. So, so, you know, take that as you will. But it does help It helps the more to give five stars, though, just to be clear. So if you're a fan and you're wanting to help us out, go give us a five star. <laughs> 
Yeah, go with since we got it, that one star. It makes and you yeah. know it's just it doesn't. Feel yeah, great. it doesn't. It never feels. It good. is what it is. We're people too. Yeah. It never feels good to. It never feels good to receive criticism. Um, I think I've gotten a little callous to it at this point, where like I try to not let it get to me emotionally. I just, but it does. It definitely does at times where I'm like, yeah. oh. And especially when we can't like interact well, back and that's to, thing, to have, and the especially discussion. when people are critical or don't like the show anymore that have been listening for years. Like it really does bother me. Cause I'm like, well, that's, that's our people. That's the community that's made this show a thing and made it like something that I see as valuable to people. And it makes, this is one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life, making this podcast and seeing a community build up around it. Like that is so like means so much to me. And so when I do see like some people yeah. who've been around for a long time drifting away or not listening anymore, or, like come back. Oh, I haven't listened in four months, but I wanted to make this comment. And I'm like, you didn't have to say that. <laughs> yeah, you could have yeah. made the comment, man. Um, like, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. Like, obviously, that, I try to even have a good attitude about that because, like, I know that I do the same thing sometimes. Like with podcasts, where I'm like. I get busy. busy, I drift away, it's not on the top of my list, but then when I have time, I either catch up, or sometimes I just jump back in and listen to the thing that they're talking about now, because it's the new thing out, you know. Um, yeah. Or, or like, one show won't interest me as much, so I'm not, like, listening to... The, back in the day, before I had my own Marvel podcast, I would listen to, like, six Marvel podcasts. So I'd be, like, to listening to, like, <laughs> six different people talking about the thing, and some became my favorites and others like I would kind of get to last, you know, whatever. Like it just, it, it's nice that people listen at all. It really is. Yeah. Um, so thank you guys yep. so much for listening. Um, and let's just end it on a big, I love you guys all out there, including you, Daniel. Sorry. I, I, I do. I love you, buddy. <laughs> uh, ho- hope, I hope that, uh, you enjoy the show. And if you don't, we, we can only make the show we can make, but, uh, uh, and, yep. and, and be as honest as we can about what, we feel as we're experiencing it. Um, but uh, love you all for listening. It really means a lot. Love you, patrons. Love you, patrons. Thank oh, you. my Lord. <laughs> um, we, we've been doing a lot of different stuff with ads this year, and the ad money has been here or there or not around. We had a couple months where we almost completely didn't make anything beca- from ads because of the swap over and stuff. So uh, patrons being there consistently made our, made our uh, uh, months make sense to keep making this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for the patrons, you guys probably wouldn't be getting as much content from us as you are because it is time. Yeah. It's time is money for everybody and, you know, we're able to do yeah, it. Absolutely. So, thank you. Thank you so much patrons. We really appreciate you. And we've got some cool stuff coming on the Patreon over the next coming weeks that I'm going to announce shortly. Um, so we'll be back soon. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Hey, you just listened to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast from Stranded Panda. I really hope you liked it. Let me just say a big thank you to all of our supporters on patreon.com slash mcucast. You are the lifeblood of our little operation here. And a huge, huge thank you to our insanely generous Illuminati tier patrons, Walter Kreisky III, Lieutenant Bongo, and Jazz Viz. You guys are amazing. If you'd like to see our beautiful faces, you can catch a video version of many of our episodes at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. Love you 3000, my friends. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? 
What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.